coming up on Entertainingly Educational. That was the part for me that I was like, oh, this isn't just about sports. This is like mm-hmm. guys getting a chance to do a thing they never would have got to do without this game. Mm-hmm. And that's the part that, to me, that's the reason I love the sport. That's the reason I'm I'm way more dialed into college than I am into the NFL because I know that these guys exist everywhere. There's a lot of, even in 2023, there's a lot of first-generation college guys. Welcome to the show. I'm Paul Roberts. On Entertainingly Educational, we'll take you on a journey with captivating guests as they tell us their fascinating stories of success, failure, and what has brought them to where they are today. Each episode gives you meaningful ways to make an impact on your life and those around you. Welcome to Entertainly Educational. Appreciate y'all being here. We got a really, really good guest on tonight. Old buddy of mine, back from our playing days. We got Mr. Michael Felder in the bleachers. Felder, what's up, Hoss? How you doing? You tell me, PR. Like, I, listen, I'm I'm doing my thing. I'm back home, and I'm, you know, just making it work. How about you? Man, you know, I'm just plugging along, crushing trash, trying to do some fishing, and uh, cooking some barbecue, just North Carolina shit, man. You know, just yeah. the kind of stuff you figure North Carolinians or Carolinians in general going to do. See, that's the thing. And it's, it's so good to just be home and like, I'm into it. Like I'm, I'm, I'm deep. Like I'm every day I walk past, I, every day I go for a walk and I go for like a two, two mile walk every day. And I get to see a small lake. And I get to see, listen, I'm not out there fishing like you are. I'm not out there fishing like you are, but I am out. I'm still out there on the, on the walk. We got deer in the backyard every day. And, um, actually tomorrow we're putting up a bat house. Oh, hell yeah. Bat house. So you said you're back home. Where's home and where were you before you came back home? So I was born in Fayetteville, moved to North, moved to New Mexico, which is where my brother was born. Lived in New Mexico for seven years, which is because my dad was in the military. And then back to Charlotte. And then Charlotte, Charlotte from 92 until 2018. Mm. And obviously we were in school for that, but I still count Charlotte as where I lived. Even when we were in school from what, 03 to 07 is when I was in school. And you were were a year older than me, I think, right? So That was a few years. 2000 was freshman. Yeah. So we were, oh, oh, you came in with Madison and the big balls. Oh, yeah. Madison, <laughs> all them people. Yeah, I was, uh, Jeb. I was a 2000 guy. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, oh, I'm old. I'm 40. I turned 41 this year. I'll tell you what, I feel it too. Dude, what is that? 9 9 judgment time. Triple O, run the show. Run the show. There it is. Triple O, <laughs> we run the show. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm an 03 uh, new breed. So, yeah, with Jesse Holly and all the rest of them. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I am. Um, but I've been in Charlotte for forever. And then I had to move to Chicago for four years. And it's just, it's something different. And, and maybe this is something. And, 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 do you remember Jay Spence? Because Jay Spence was there too at UNC with us. And I got to know him really well. And his dad, it has the same problem that I have. And his dad has the same problem that my grandparents had, which is like, you have to be doing something. And I'm sure you have this same thing <laughs> where you just like have this affliction of like, you're a busybody, right? My mom yeah, called. Country shit. My, well, it's, it's country shit, but it's also like my mom calls it. She goes, you're a, you're, you're, you're a, a busybody where you have to be doing something. And Chicago just didn't have anything for me to be doing. <laughs> and it, like the difference in truly the difference, uh, the difference, Paul, in, in, in being in Chicago and like, you're just trapped in a house verse. And it's not the weather. This is not the weather. This is just, we didn't have enough space for me to be a busybody. Mm-hmm. We moved home to Charlotte. I've cut down a tree. I've <laughs> split wood. I like I'm 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 going to my mom's house on Sunday to to move a door out for bulk pickup and to do this and to do that. And then I'm also bringing home two saddles to build my own wood rack. Like I'm that's what I like. I love being busy. Mm-hmm. And so I just I. Work keeps you busy, but house stuff is what I really love. I'm look, I'm waiting on my tulips to come up, and I'm excited to get my my order from Southern Exposure Seed Exchange to get my sunflower seeds and you know all my peppers and my mm-hmm. my tomatoes. Well, you were able to hone your skills cooking in Chicago, though. I mean, that's about all you had to do. Following yeah. you when you first moved to Chicago, and then a couple years after that, that I was following you. It was the funniest shit. You, you I, I'm going to say you sound like you was miserable because you were always just, every time you got to do this, oh, and, you know, walking my dog and people, you know, it was just funny watching the Twitter stories come about of you being in Chicago. But, you, re- I mean, you cooked almost every yeah. damn day. You had, a, you had something coming across every day cooking jam up food. Yeah, we, I cook every day. I cook every single day. I usually cook all three meals every single day. Mm. Like if we're if we're going 365 times three for my wife, my kid, and myself, I'm cooking probably 99% of those meals. And what happens when you leave? How does your wife survive? I make a big this is very it's good that you asked that. <laughs> I listen, Paul, like I will literally. Because there was a time when I was working, this is before I moved to Chicago, but there was a time that I used to travel. I traveled 33 weeks a year for two years. Mm-hmm. And so I would just put together like meals that she could heat in the oven. And I would do that before I left. That was like a major point that I would do. And then we got to Chicago. And the cool thing about Chicago, and I will say this, and the cool thing about Chicago, the cool thing about New York, it's way easier to get like takeout food. Mm. And so she did really like, like, takeout Chinese, like, not real Chinese, but, like, American Chinese Mm -hmm. food. And so she was like, oh, I can, when you're gone, I'll just get that. 
and it's harder to get here. It's way harder to get in North Carolina. Yeah, that's and, right. And when um, when your husband is working from 12 until 3 in the morning, covering college football, and he can't cook that day, she's like, um, they said it won't be here for two and a half hours. Um, should we call another place? And I'm like, I don't, that's not a me thing. <laughs> this is this is a you thing. But yeah, no, I I really I I love cooking. And cooking mm. is I'll say this, I think cooking probably saved my life. Um when I was good grief, 2013, 2014, I had to do this big project for Bleach Report and it really like made me feel crazy. And I was staying up late at night and then I was eating late at night and I wasn't mm. cooking and I was like, it made me feel nuts. And I finally realized that what I have to do is take a time, take a step back. And so cooking became my step back. I'm done for the day now. I'm going to cook. I'm stopping at five. I will spend the next two hours making dinner, preparing things doing things with like intention and purpose, which is, that's my New Year's re resolution, revolution, resolution, re resolution. That's <laughs> so my New Year's resolution is to do things with intention and purpose with it, when it comes to um, my wife and my daughter. I want to make sure mm -hmm. I just make sure they understand that I do care about them and that I am, I'm doing this for you. I'm not just doing it because I have to, but going backwards to go forwards, I, I really had to focus in on something to stop me from staying up until three in the morning, you know, looking at watching film and figuring out is Johnny Manziel the best player in the country? No, he's not. But I had to stop. I had to figure out a way to stop it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And with what you do with football, you know, what people hear and see when you're broadcasting is, there, how many hours do you think go into just one broadcast for wow. one game and you're doing multiple game reviews and previews? I mean, how much time are you putting in for one broadcast? Prep time. That, that's the part that I don't think folks realize. So, like, I've called some games. That takes a lot of time because you have to also do the meetings with the team and the whole deal. Mm. But even just doing the game reviews – I can't, I don't I personally and I I know I'm not normal. I don't feel comfortable doing game reviews if I haven't watched the game live and then watch the game another time. Mm. At the minimum. I want to watch the game and then watch the game a second time. And I know I have notes that get me to points that I need to. You want to Okay, here. You want to see something insane? Show us. So this is just TC. Here's the thing: TCU in Georgia, easy. Mm -hmm. It's a blowout. <laughs> but but this is this is what it looks like for me. Like this is just going to the second quarter. Mm. This is and just for all, yeah. For all those that are listening, he just he just held up a sheet of paper full <laughs> of timestamps for yeah. one quarter. Yeah. And it just, that's it. And for games that are closer, like TCU and Kansas State in the Big 12 championship game, there's way more. Mm -hmm. And I have to go back and watch it and then watch it again. 
and you don't get good angles all the time and everything doesn't work out work out for you but yeah i'm a the only thing the thing that for me that matters is i want people that play that have played this sport to respect everything that comes out of my mouth i don't care about johnny riley from new jersey who loves the jets but doesn't know anything about football but I do care. You know, I care about you. I care about mm-hmm. Kareem Taylor. I care about, you know, I care about Tommy Richardson. I care about all, like, I care about those dudes that we played with and expanding that. I care about other football players. I care that they, they, they're like, yo, this guy knows what he's talking about. And that's what matters the most to me. And speaking on that, what, who are you? What did, is it that you do man (laughs) who are you what is your professional job man so we're in a weird weird spot right now in theory like technically i'm a college football video analyst and also a podcaster i work for learfield i work for stadium i work for bleach report i do a bunch of things but and you can tell me more about this because your your kids are older than my kid. I, my kid's in preschool now. My wife just joined the preschool Facebook group. <laughs> so I don't know what I'm going to tell people I am. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, well, look, man, the thing with raising kids is as they get older, they talk back to you more. I don't mind that. That's fine. We had to, we had to have a long sit down because the way that she's able to talk to me is different than the way that she can talk at school (laughs) and the way that she can talk to her mom and her grandma. Uh So I'm saying, yeah, yeah. Well, you, as, as you get older, things are going to change. Things are going, some things. Okay. Tell me some things are going to, um, how the parents get, how the parents get, Oh, yeah, that's that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Well, but I I don't look. My my daughter <laughs> is 11. She is an she's pretty much an angel, and you ask her to do something, she does it most of the sure. time. There's not a lot of talk back. Uh, yeah, she's yeah. pretty good, pretty average. My son good. can't look. Carter, on the other hand, is a wild ass little human being. Yeah, half grown, the spit image of me. I mean, he does shit that I'm like. Damn, that was, I remember acting like that. Yep. And he takes you on another level of of mental game. <laughs> like you gotta be mentally prepared for that child yeah. to look you in the eyes and just tell you no. Yeah. Just no. And what are you gonna do about it? What do you mean, no? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's something else now. He's he's so I was undiagnosed I ADHD. He's diagnosed ADHD. Yeah. So, you know. Oh, he, you got a David Wooldridge on your hands. <laughs> no, I got a little me. I'm telling you, a little me <laughs> wild as hell. They ain't, you know, it's just, uh, it's hard. If if you ain't never been around a child with ADHD and, and yeah. all your teachers know this, yep. it is a whole different game. Mm-hmm. They're on a whole different level. They're smart as hell, but they, yeah. they don't. It, it's a gift, 
but they don't know how to use that gift yet. And yep. they are master manipulators. They are really good at negotiating. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have your shit together when it's time to like, you know, all right, we're bed. not watching TV all day. What are we going to do? The negotiations start. Going to bed, the negotiations start. I'm thirsty. Yep. I'm hungry. Uh, I'm not tired. Uh, I got to clean my room up. I mean, all the shit yeah. that they should have been doing during the day. No, they ain't doing it. They. I got a, I got a secret weapon. I got a secret weapon. My wife is. Uh, my wife was a teacher for twelve years. Mm. She been in the. She been in the shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> she been in there. She knows what she's doing. And then my parents are both teachers. So we're, we've got, we're playing zone coverage. We got it covered. But for me, it's, it's more, um, I'm worried about like the parent stuff. Like we just joined this. So my wife just, I, we just got into this parent group and woo buddy. She's already in. <laughs> I don't, like, man. I I don't know from that side of it. Like I've got, I'm, I'm, you know, I was the backup punter. Well, I'm the backup how, parent when it comes to the 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 schooling side. I'm the backup. Like if they can't get hold of Sarah, they call me, and then yeah. I do what I can do and take notes to yep. prepare Sarah for how to, you know, how to take care of it. But what about parties? What about parties, dinners, whatever? Sarah. Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) She schedules. Look, she has all that stuff. I mean, she's got list upon list. She has it all dialed in. She handles it. She takes care of it. And she's gone this weekend. She ain't here. Yeah. So you got got a birthday party? No. Hell no. Thank goodness. No birthday party. All I got, (laughs) I had, we, we, we got practices tomorrow. Yeah, Sunday's a free day, but you know, I mean, yeah, it's, exactly. I'm the backup. I'm the backup. I'm just all I'm thinking. It. I'm like, I'm I'm coming up with lies that I'm gonna tell these people. <laughs> that's what I'm. That's what I'm. I'm working on are lies that I'm gonna tell to these people. What? what like, give me an example. You ask me. You you, you like. Be a dad that works in finance and you ask me a question about what I do or whatever. We're at a birthday party. Come on, bring it to me. Oh, so so Michael, uh, you know, I'm 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 Jim Bob over here. I work uh, financial services and uh what it is that what what do you do? What 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 do you do for a living? I'm totally unemployed and my wife is really the breadwinner, so I'm just, you know, just trying to make sure Savannah grows up in a good household environment. Or it's it could be me. Go, the, here's honestly, here's my real answer. The real answer that I say is, I'm a digital media content mm. creator, mm-hmm. and I say mm-hmm. that, and I just I I don't say anything else. And then if they go, would I've seen anything you've done? I go, absolutely not. It's all corporate. Look. <laughs> I understand why you're saying this too, because the first time you start saying I do football analysts for college, they uh, want to know about the recruiting class for their yep. team. They mm-hmm. want to know which which rookie in the draft to take for their fantasy team. Yep. They want to know who to start this week for uh-huh. the NFL. I mean, you know, I get it. I get it. And I get it because you used to talk about shit all the time. You remember when 
uh, fantasy football roll around, everybody be hitting you up on Twitter for, hey, yep. man, how about this guy? How about this guy? But I don't give a shit about fantasy football. I, I just know. like football. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, just go out there and win. I, I don't care how you do it. Just do it. That's but right. no, it's it's going to be my buddy, Stephen Hartzell, a guy I worked with, with Learfield. He, was, he has two kids. And he goes, he's like, you're going to be in the world. You're going to be in it. And when you're in it, you can't get out. He's like, I'm lucky this weekend. He goes, last weekend, I had to do the birthday party and, like, take his kid to Chuck E. Cheese. He goes, this mm-hmm. weekend, this weekend, my wife's taking him to Chuck E. Cheese. I'm going to be home by myself. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm getting the axe out, and I'm splitting some wood. Like, <laughs> that's, like, yeah. I get it. And... I haven't met any parents yet, but man, when you're connected into the Bright Wheel app and <laughs> their text, you got a party for this kid that's at this. It, and the worst part is these parents that plan party don't. Here's what I will say don't have a party for a kid at any time that's not before 2 p.m. <laughs> If you have a party for your kid that's after 2 p.m., it better be a sleepover and it better be a drop off. That's all <laughs> I'm saying. Am I wrong? Look, yeah. Look, parties, how old's your daughter? Four. Yeah. So those four o'clock disasters. I Nightmare. mean, full of sugar, having all the time of their life, get in the car, get home, and it's, it's, it's over. It's nightmare. nightmare, nightmare, nightmare. Yeah, for sure. You put Look, that, turn that into a pizza party that starts at six, and you're in charge of my kid and all your and your kid and the rest of those kids. <laughs> Go for yeah, it. I don't care. That's not a me thing. Look, you talked about the app. Wait till your daughter starts playing sports, and you have to get Dude, into all the parent stuff. I, and obviously, us coming from a sports background. Background, yeah. It that's that's where you're gonna be like oh my god yeah oh that's that's the that is that's where shit starts getting wild now my I've, daughter does gymnastics and they have a group text I'm not privy to that yeah. it's all the moms but uh, when we go to gymnastics competitions and shit like that I mean it's I want I've been wanting to tailgate at some of them but we can never make it happen because you're there forever dude but so you wait till you get into the group chats for for sports. I got two things. Mm. I got two things. One, when I was traveling for work, I stayed in. Um, so two things happened at this. I stayed in the um, Galleria in in I believe it was Dallas, and there's an American Girl uh, doll store there. <laughs> so they had an event while we were staying there, but there was mm-hmm. also a, a um, dance competition there, and so. Literally, I was going down to the, I went down to the hotel bar and there were just like dance parents around. And they're like, my kid doesn't go on for another hour. Can you give me another double? And I was like, (laughs) oh, I love this. This is fantastic. (laughs) But the American Girl doll store was like, come on, we have to get your daughter. I was like, this is horrible. (laughs) And then obviously when I lived in Chicago, we went to the American Girl doll store as well. But Mm -hmm. my kid was too young to like, 
She was still a little meatball. She didn't realize what was going on. Um, There's that. And the other thing is, I think that what I've realized early on as a parent is I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm taking a step back. If my kid is interested in getting better, if she's interested in working harder, I will do that with her at home. And we'll go to the batting cages or we'll go to the court or whatever it is. But I'm not, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to coach her. My dad coached her. My dad coached me, excuse me, but I'm going to take a step back. I'm going to take this as a time to learn about volleyball or softball Mm -hmm. or lacrosse or tennis or whatever it is, but I'm going to take a step back. And I already, I already know that like I'm and this may sound crazy, but we were in school when um, Chris Long was at UVA, right? Mm-hmm. And Howie Long always stood in the concourse because he didn't want to be like on camera and still to mm-hmm. shine from his kid. And I don't listen. I'm no Howie Long, obviously, but <laughs> but I'm I am I I think I'm just going to be a, a quiet parent that watches from however far away I can see everything. And then if she wants my help, I can help her. But if, if she's not that interested in it or she doesn't want my help, I'm not, I'm going to do that because I just don't, I don't want to push her and make her feel the pressure of, you know, like, Hey, like, Mm -hmm. like even, even though I wasn't good, like the pressure of your dad played college football, like, you know what I mean? I'm right there with you. And my kids are playing sports ages. Yeah. Well, my daughter does gymnastics and that's it. I don't know shit about gymnastics except. Right. But you're learning about it. it. Uh, kind of. I still don't. Look, I, I'll i tell you what. I hate going gymnastics competitions. Every sport I it play. It could be worse. She could be a swimmer. <laughs> well, at least with swimming, you like. You have a time. You, you have a time with gymnastics. Yeah. It's judges over there subjectively yeah yeah judging i mean i'm like i I think i hate it i'm every sport i played every sport i played was a beginning at end you scored uh touchdowns baskets you run goals yeah it didn't (laughs) matter but in gymnastics i look at sarah i go what what the fuck was that that shit looked good to me she's like oh she didn't point her toes i'm like how in the fuck did they see that and the hands and the back and yeah. I'm like, yeah, no, I hate, I can't stand that shit. But on I, Carter, on the other hand, go ahead. I'm, I'm going to say this. Listen, I dated a swimmer in college. She swam the mile. Mm. And let me tell you something, my man. <laughs> Give me a balance beam. Give me a pommel horse. Get it done. And I know if you win or lose mm-hmm. versus watching someone swim a mile. Yeah, that it is more exciting. It's a very exciting sport. I do love it. I love watching the the college. I love watching the the Olympics. Does it's she get into watching sport. all that stuff? Oh yeah, she's sitting in there Good. right now. Well, she better be upstairs going to bed. But she's been sitting in there this afternoon watching the college gymnastics. She's into that's all she does. And in gymnastics is a full time job. She's yeah. eleven and practices sixteen and a half hours a week. Jeez, and yeah, that's and like that's, that's like swimming. Yeah. Yeah. And 
it's it's a job, but I mean, to me, gymnasts are the the physical specimens of any athlete. They are the top notch. They can do the most. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, they're the I love defensive the backs of the whole deal. <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You got to throw yourself in there and make you feel good about being the DB. Uh, look, the punters had to be had to have the best hands on the team because you had to catch every damn thing they snapped at you. If you dropped it, you spoke. Okay. That that <laughs> wow. I've you know what? I've I no think. one's ever said that to me, and I love it. I mean, you can't drop a you can't drop a snap on a punt. And you know what? I've seen a lot of punters drop a lot of things. Yeah, I never dropped one, luckily, but I did kick an eight-yarder on national television against Clemson at home, oh, so that was wonderful. No. Yeah, that was a year before you got there. It was, it was oh, quite wow. it was awesome. Uh, but on, talking about coaching, my son, he plays soccer, basketball, mm-hmm. t- uh, flag football. He's doing all that, and everyone looking for coaches, looking for coaches here. They're looking yep. for coaches. I said, hell no, because right. I played 100 miles an hour. Like, I, it was yep. – same. That was what I did. I didn't, you know, there wasn't no fooling around and shit. I there's Dude, no Paul, way in hell I, you could coach. I, I could coach ever. I kick I kicked my little brother and my best friend off my high school football team. <laughs> As a player. I was a player, yeah. My yeah. my little brother obviously was a year younger than me. And my best friend, he was like, I'm thinking about maybe getting a job. And I was like, then leave. Get out of here. Go. We don't need people like you. And then my mm-hmm. little brother, I was like, we're staying after to run bleachers. And he goes, why are we doing this? We already practiced. And I was like, no, go home. Yeah. You know what? You, you know what you can do? Take the bus home. You don't need to do this. <laughs> I ain't taking your ass home either. Whoa. And he, my little, there was, there were, I don't know, four weeks that my little brother would just sit in my car. And 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 wait for me to get done doing after practice stuff, and then he would do his homework in the car, and then I would get in the car and drive him home. And I was like, "You don't need to be on the team. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to play football." And so I don't like. I don't want. I'm trying to not give that like psychosis mm-hmm. to my kid. And. Like, which is weird because we're working on like toughness right now. Mm-hmm. Like with my daughter, she's four and we're working on toughness. And a big part of working on toughness is I just, I got to let her hit me, you know? I got to let her hit me and I got to let her jump on me and know that like getting hit is a part of the whole deal. And like, mm-hmm. if dad can do it, then you can do it. And so we're working on that. But it just, I'm just, but like you're you're one hundred percent spot on. Like I went, I I thought that my, the way that Michael Jordan did things, like there was no LeBron James when we were growing up. Mm-hmm. Who was a who? LeBron James is a nice man who loves his family and does good things. <laughs> we didn't have that growing up. We had we had Michael Jordan and Michael Jordan and then Kobe Bryant after that. Mm-hmm. But it was like, yo, guess what? If you're not cutthroat, you're a loser. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, Jordan was kicking people off the damn basketball team after his rookie. He punched season. John Paxson. <laughs> <I know. laughs> 
Like they had no chill. I yes, the old school mentality. It wasn't all a bunch of great. You know, there's some changes that have been made. But for yeah. me, to be a part of the coaching side, like you know, I there's I can't do it. I'm I'm I, I just I can't. I holler. I scream. Like yeah. focus to me, focus is is the most important thing. And you can fuck up. I don't care that you, well, you mess up. Yeah. I don't care yeah. if you mess up. That's fine, but you better mess up at a hundred miles an hour. Bingo. Pay, and, make make mistakes going fast. Yeah. yeah. And I'm but I'm with you over here farting around looking out into like picking dandelions. Yeah, shit, kicking a hole, you know, digging holes and uh uh-uh. that stuff right there drives me damn nuts. I, I can't do it. it it's, but it's, the things it's changed, man. It's changed. The parents have changed, the kids have changed from when we played and grew up. There's yeah. a lot more people that that think they know shit and they don't know a damn thing. Right. They watch a YouTube video and mm-hmm. they're like, well, why don't you do it this way? But no, the big thing for me, like I think about this a lot and I'm sure when my wife listens to this, which it's really wild. And you know what? I'm going to say this. It's really cool to have a wife that like supports you so much that she'll listen to like any podcast appearance that you do. Mm-hmm. But she's going to go like, Oh, Michael's going to talk about Julian. And so we had a kid named Julian in my elementary, my fifth grade baseball team. We had a kid named Julian and Julian sucked. He was terrible. So bad. And my dad was the coach and he was like trying to get Julian to get going and figure out how to make Julian good. And yes. And then, you know, the rules with little league is everybody has to play every game. And we're in the playoffs, and I'm like, I'm pitching, I'm I'm burning heaters, like I'm done, I'm I'm killing it. And Julian shows up to the game late, and I was like, <laughs> "Fuck, dog!" <laughs> so Julian has to go into the game. Uh-huh. I've I've also ran out of my innings, so I moved from pitcher to first base julian goes to right field because he's got to play two innings or he has a what do you have to play three innings or two at bats i think is the the rule and those kids always went to right field went to right field (laughs) field. which is why i'm at first base yeah (laughs) because so i can help Mm -hmm. and we're up by one run the pitcher gives up a thing fred the pitcher gives up a he gives up a run and then they got a guy on second, and guy hits a bloop to right field, and Julian's not paying attention at all. He's not Dig paying attention. Hole. I'm like, what the hell are you doing, man? That should have been an easy one. We get out of this inning. It's, it's, we got two outs. He's not paying attention. I'm at first base. I take off. I run to right field. I get to the ball before him. I grab it. I I pound it in. Ball comes in. I'm gonna say it's a it's a close tie. It's a close tag. They call him safe. They win. Mm. And I looked at Julian and I said, "That's on you." And then I. <laughs> Hang on. You want to hear something get bad? This is why I know I can't coach. You want to hear something get bad? <laughs> My dad's the coach of the team. 
<laughs> That's on you, Julian. I went and sat in the van <laughs> while he had the like, this is our, you know, you have the end of season, like pizza party That's or right. ice cream party or whatever. My dad's telling them about where we're going to have it. I just, I was like, fuck this. I'm going to sit in the van. <laughs> and then Julian's parents came over and apologized. Oh, shit. And I go, why did you just stay home? <laughs> And then my dad gets mad at me because he's like, you don't need to be this mean. And I was like, I don't, I can't wait. And this is the exact quote. And this this is something that comes up in my family all the time. (laughs) Because my dad, like my wife's, she's tired of hearing about it. My dad loves this story because he's like, oh yeah, Michael's a psycho. (laughs) (laughs) But I said, I can't wait till I get to middle school so everyone doesn't have to play. I hate this. So yeah, no, I I can't. I, there's no way Are you kidding. You want to you want to put me in charge? You want to put me in charge of your kid who's more interested in skateboarding than he is in mm-hmm. baseball? No, absolutely not. That's can't a bad it. idea. Can't do it. I don't want to be it. in charge of him. Can't win. Yeah. In, in the words of Mike Singletary, can't win with him. <laughs> can't <laughs> win with him. Well, look at here. Answer me this question. What is the story? What's the journey that has brought you here mm-hmm. to where we are today? What does that look like? What do you want? Professional or personal? It's the, they're intertwined, man. Your, your professional and your personal journey both are that you go, it's personal until you get to the point that you become a professional. So, What's you know, it's, it's intertwined to me. And you become who you are professionally because of what you did growing up. And obviously, you're a good example of that. Now, this is the example. You were an athlete. You played yeah. football. You played college football. You stayed in the football realm, and now that's what you do professionally. So what does that journey look like that got you here? I, you know what? That's a – so you were there when we had Coach Fleming. Fleming was a guy that got me to go to UNC, him and Gunnar Brewer. Coach Brewer, yep. I love Brew. Brew, let me tell you something. Coach Brewer, Brew um, texts me on my birthday every Mm -hmm. year. Every year. From a guy that didn't play, that didn't even play his position. Mm -hmm. He texts me every year. Says happy birthday. Texts me on New Year's. Texts me on Christmas. Like he's, there's no one that epitomizes, um, Football being family more than Coach mm-hmm. Brew. Like, he, it means a lot to me. Um, and he Keaton, some of the best receivers has played college football, too. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Well, I was going to say his son, Keaton. Mm-hmm. I don't, you remember when Keaton was, like, this big running around? Oh, yes. <laughs> like, 6'6 six, six now. He's a grown-ass man. So, he is. But um, the big thing for me, so here, I'll I'll start, like, going through high school. High school, actually, you know what? I'll, I'll start at the beginning. My parents didn't let me play football until I was in the fifth grade. Hmm. Because they thought it was dangerous, which, mm-hmm. come to find out, it is. <laughs> A little bit. And <laughs> when I, my first, this, the my football team was the first team that never, my dad never coached. My dad wasn't, he was on staff on every other team I played basketball, football, or excuse me, basketball, baseball. My dad was on this on staff. He was not on staff for football. 
and I got yelled at. My dad was never a yeller. Mm. He'll yell at us at the house, but he never yelled when he was coaching like other people's kids. Mm-hmm. And I came back and I sat in our car and I was crying. And he goes, "What's wrong?" He goes, "They yelled at me because I didn't know what to do." And I was like, "I was like, I've never kn- done this before. I don't know what to do." And he goes, "So what are we going to do about it?" And I go, "I guess." And I'm a, I come from a dictionary family. Like we, mm-hmm. like if you don't know something, go to the dictionary. You, you go look it up. Dictionary, encyclopedia, like we had Britannica. Like we're, you go look yep. it up. And the flip so through the pages. We went, so we left football practice and went to the library and checked out every book they had on football. Mm. And so I learned football that way. And then we showed up you know, the next week for practice. I knew every play. I knew every rule. I knew all that stuff. I knew everything. I'm telling the coaches where things go. And you you saw this with me in practice. Like, I, I know what's happening. And so that's what happened when I was younger. When I got to high, when I got to middle school, middle school, I was still, I was bigger than everyone. So I played tight end and I played defensive end. And then high school, I was smaller than everyone. <laughs> and I'll never forget this. Middle in high school. I'm practicing with, you know, the, the starters, but I'm like, I'm not going to start. I'm a freshman. And then they call our names out and they're like, and they go from. They go from right to left. And I'm. They go from right to left. So they go right corner, you know, da 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 And they go, starting at left corner, Michael Felder. And I was like, what the hell? Me? Oh, shit. In, in my first play, I head slapped a guy. <laughs> I was freaking out. <laughs> hey, man, set the tempo. If you're going to come up in here and I'm going to guard <laughs> you, we, I'm going to knock the shit out of you, buddy. I hope you're ready. Yeah. And but I, I I head slapped him and guess what he didn't come off the line and we're good to go. <laughs> but high, going through high school, I I got to the point in high school where I was calling the defense. Mm-hmm. Like the defensive coordinator would look at me and we he and I would have a conversation about what defense we're going to play. And I started to understand personnel packages and all those things. And then I was like, I'm going to I'm playing football in college. And then my head coach my senior year, going into my senior year, my head coach goes, he was doing a big talk about expectations and giving your all, and he said something to me that I I think it was, a, I don't think it was fucked up, but I do, I didn't like it, but it was honest. He goes, take Michael, for instance. And I was like, take me, for instance, for what? He wants to go to UNC. They're never going to offer him. And I was like, well, that's kind of shitty, dude. He's so like, thanks for the pep talk, coach. But he's like, he goes, but he could go to ECU. He could go to Duke. He could go to Wake. He could go to App. He could go to, he could probably go to Virginia. But he has his mind focused on a thing. So when you focus on a goal, you focus on the goal. And so I, I visited Wofford. I visited Wake. I visited all these, like, you know, I visited those schools and, I still want to go there. I want to go to UNC. I definitely didn't want to play in the ACC 
if I wasn't at UNC. Mm. That just I grew up wanting to go to UNC. Mm-hmm. And I, I got to the point where I was like, I'm not playing college football. I'm just going to go to UNC because the other part of it is, is my parents, again, I mentioned their teachers. They set me up to make sure I was going, I was going to be able to go to UNC no matter what. Mm-hmm. And two people kept calling me all the time. Teachy from Wofford and Brewer from UNC. And Brewer called me. In January, I think that's when we met. When you and I met, when uh, you and you have you have a different like I can't remember shit. And even up <laughs> to this point, this podcast, all the stories you tell, you remember everything. That's one thing that's special about you, and probably makes why you're so damn good at your job because you remember everything. <laughs> but you remember you remember UNC and UConn. Mm-hmm. That was the last weekend before signing day. Mm. It was the big recruiting weekend. I came up with my mom on that weekend because Brewer called me and Brewer calls me and he Brewer goes, hey, man, um, I went and pulled your file because I want to see if we could push you through. And you were already accepted. And I said, okay, good to know. And he goes, we want you to play. We'll get you a scholarship next year, but we want you to play. So I came up. Fleming wanted me to play. Fleming, I would, I fit perfectly in Fleming's defense. Him and Coach Huxtable, mm-hmm. as a guy that could come down in the box as a as a cover three safety and and a down in the box safety, I fit good. I fit well. And um, so my mom, it's me, my mom, Coach Bunning, and Coach Brewer in Bunning's office. Bunning. You know, lays down the law, lets us know. Then we go watch UNC, I believe, play UConn again. I, I, they played UConn, and it was like Rashad McCants and Sean May and, like, that whole gang mm-hmm. who I ended up becoming friends with, Raven Felton. And I was like, I'm I'm coming here. I'm going to play football. And so I did that. I get there. We're bad. We're very bad that year. We lost mm-hmm. to Duke. <laughs> first like first time in like I don't know fucking 11 or 12 or something stupid. It was my really last bad. game ever we lost to fucking Duke. We lost to Duke. It was we were 2 and 8 or something like that. It was and so bad. We won bad. 3 games I think. I think two. we ended up winning. We won three. Two. 2. We won 2. We won 2 games that year. 2003 we won 2 games. Isn't that and... the year what in the year we played uh Miami Ohio with Ben Roethlisberger? Was that No, that year? was the year before. That was 02. Okay. This is the year we played Wisconsin. And we ended up being so good at kick returning, but it was because we had so many kick returns. <laughs> <laughs> because we just like kept giving, we're 117th on defense. And it was just like, oh, yeah, we just, we're good at this. But it was Mike Mason, mm-hmm. Jesse Holly, Adarius Bowman. Mm hmm. And um, I remember because I was L3 on hustle team or whatever. And it was, I'm just running into Madison Hedgecock and Malik Brown. And I loved it. Hell yeah. I I love that shit. Like that shit was good to me. Like I loved it. It was so fun. My wife thinks I'm a psych. I I guess I am a psycho because of that. But like, I love doing that. And Tom O'Leary was there and, Mm -hmm. 
Justin Phillips and John Hamlet and all like we had all the like I love that team. Like we had Kareen and uh Junebug and and then um obviously they fire Hux, they fire Fleming. So we end up with um Marvin Sanders, and he and I just did not get along at all. Mm-hmm. He played a defense I couldn't fit into, and ultimately and this is the part where I started to really learn more about football is when they hired him. He let me know I was never going to play, but we brought also brought in Martel Thatch and we brought in Thatch. I was showing Thatch. Like I literally would be like holding on to Thatch's hips and like moving him around and then backpedaling out of the picture so that he would be in position to do what he's supposed to do while I tell him what he's supposed to do. Coach. And it it was just like a like that was just and then I also started running the walkthrough and I learned a lot about football between scout team and learning every defense that we played from Louisville and their their kickstart and um learning about the robber coverage that Virginia Tech read and all I learned a lot about football and then I learned a lot about football from the other side when I was running walkthrough so which led me to where I am now I wouldn't be able to do it you know without learning all that extra stuff because I didn't learn it off paper I learned it from doing it mm-hmm. so that's how I got to where I am and then from a career standpoint I just my little brother says this all the time. He's like, he's like, dude, you just, you bet on yourself a lot. And I think that's important. I think folks mm-hmm. need to have like that level of inspiration to bet on themselves. Cause there's a lot of people that take the easy, the easy way out. It, it would have been easy for me to just keep working at true green. Mm-hmm. It would have been easy for me to like stay in that box and just like do that. But I, I really, I like what I do and I, and then to tie in, you mentioned the personal versus professional. My wife, I, I'll be honest, my wife needed somebody like me to like push her out of her comfort Mm -hmm. zone, to push her out of her comfort zone, to push her to be able to like make new friends, to push her into doing things that she wasn't used to doing, to push her out of being safe all the time. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Do I take risks? Absolutely. Was my credit score completely jacked the fuck up for a while? Absolutely. Did I decide that for five years I won't pay taxes? Yep. Woo. But oh. guess what? I figured it out. Yeah. I'm in a good spot now. And we have a healthy balance between like my wife, like putting a yeah. cap on something and me trying to raise the ceiling. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just. It, it works. So I just, it's, I don't know what's next for me. I'm excited. I know that I've got like, you know, I'm, I'm still freelancing and doing a bunch of stuff, bunch of stuff, but like, I'm not worried like money. We're not worried about money. It's just, I got to have something I got to do every day. Cause mm-hmm. otherwise I'm going to go insane. And, but it's just, it's, that's how I got to here. Like yeah. my wife is a big part of that because she pushed me to, she pushed me to make the choice to go to Chicago. I hated it, but like, I didn't hate, like I loved my job in Chicago. 
And I hope everyone that works at stadium understands I loved working there. And I think they do understand that. I had a really good time doing that job. I just don't like Chicago. Mm-hmm. And then my wife also was like, do you want to move home? And I was like, yeah. And then we moved Hell home. Yeah. And I'm, listen, dog, you put me on a rocket and send me back to Charlotte because I am. My and buddy we would from- talk. Yeah, yeah. we talked back and forth with that because you always were talking about moving home and then it was like a year and a half when you announced you're going to yeah. be moving home and counting down. And so we kept in touch on that. I want to back up one, one, yeah. one, one part of this story. And yeah. it is very relevant today. Mm-hmm. Coach comes in and says, you ain't going to play. Yeah. You're, you're not getting a scholarship. You ain't going to play. Yeah. If the transfer portal was in during that time, would you have left? No. There's still just you UNC. It was UNC or nothing. Yeah. Um if I had left UNC, my grandmother would have been upset. Mm. So I come from a family. So my 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 dad my dad was born in um Massachusetts. His brother was born in Maine. I think his other brother was born in Maine. Or his other brother was born in Germany. I don't know where my aunt was born. But they come from a um, Air Force family, military family. They, my grandpa retired to Germany, or excuse me, retired to Fayetteville after living in Germany. They lived in Germany, Colorado Springs, Maine, Massachusetts, and they retired to Fayetteville. And my grandmother had this incredible affinity. The two people that my grandmother really cared, loved, that weren't like her family, were Dean Smith, three three people, Dean Smith, Tim Duncan, and Phil Ford. Hmm. Phil Ford came and spoke at our church one time on base. I got I got a Phil Ford autograph at my mom's house on a church program. That's awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. So my grandma, so I grew up a UNC fan, even though none of her kids went to UNC. She had two kids that went to ECU, one that went to Western, and the other one just joined the military. Mm-hmm. So I grew that's how I grew. I grew up with that. And I grew up, she hated Duke. I gotta, I can't when we when we gotta go back to my both of my grandparents have passed away. We gotta go back there and we gotta pick up a bunch of stuff from a storage unit. But she um n- not knitted, um cross stitch. Okay. Cross stitch. She cross stitched. You can't get to heaven in a red canoe because God's favorite color is Carolina blue. There we go. Go to Hill State. Yep. And I've got at my mom's house here in Charlotte a bumper sticker that says North Carolinian by birth. Cause I was born in Fayetteville Tar Heel by the grace of God. Mm-hmm. I was always going to go to UNC and that's what I was getting at when I was saying, I'm not going to play football. I'll just go to college. Right. I was always going to go to UNC. So with, cause even, um, damn, I don't remember his name. One of the strength coaches tried to get me to transfer. At UNC, he tried to get me to transfer to Hampton, Hampton or Howard, one of them. He tried to get me to transfer to one of the schools up in the DMV. He tried to get me to transfer there because mm-hmm. they were looking for safeties. 
he's like you're good you should just go there and i was like i'm staying here man mm-hmm. my girlfriend's here it's home this, this is my yeah i can't live that far well let me here i'll be honest with you when we were look when i was looking at colleges my mom and i took out a compass and we did two and a half hours around mm-hmm. that's it that's all you don't you don't you don't even know this my mom first semester of my freshman year my mom every sunday came up and visited me like i'm i'm not i'm not kidding about being a mama's boy mm-hmm. <laughs> like she and it wasn't her like doing my laundry it was her like yeah. we would she would come up we'd go to lunch and like talk and and then after I went through like a big bout with depression after not getting in the game, after the coaching change, my mom talked to me every night, every Sunday mm-hmm. night, we would talk from between eight to nine thirty every Sunday night. And that was just what we did. Like we would just, mm-hmm. I'd walk, I'd go to the, the, not the botanical gardens, the garden that's on North campus before you get to Franklin. I'd go into that garden the sociology building. Yep. I'd go into that garden and my mom and I would talk for about an hour and I would just like, but, and by the way, I will say this, Corey holiday, coach Tate, those guys saved my life, man. Like Mm -hmm. they, they did some, they made sure I got into therapy. They made sure I got into sports psych and they made sure that I was going to be, I wouldn't be here without those guys. So, I know that I don't like I'm not a huge UNC like yacht rah rah fan, but I can tell you one thing. UNC's done a lot more for me than they're gonna do for some kids that maybe get to the NFL. They they mm-hmm. they saved my life. Yeah, that's amazing. And that shows another side of college athletics and especially football and basketball, mm-hmm. probably because those are the two most that uh, the two yeah. more scored facing, but there's a lot of stuff that goes on that mm-hmm. fans never, never hear, never see. Ninety yep. percent of the shit that comes out in the newspaper of these stories yep. and articles is not true. I mean, I can't remember how many times we'd see an article come out. And somebody was quoted saying something, and people were like, "What the fuck? I didn't yeah. say that. Yep. <laughs> we didn't even, you know, I didn't even talk to. We didn't even talk about that." <laughs> Yeah, and, and you know that's, but that's the thing is, when you live it and when you see some of the struggles that people go through, mm-hmm. and then they're they're a top tier player and athlete, and they got to go out on the field on Saturday and perform to the expectations of sixty, seventy, eighty thousand people, but they don't know that this kid's struggling at school, he's struggling with girlfriends, struggling with family. And yep. then all the support that comes from the teammates and the school and all that's the stuff that people, if you can't, you can't put that out there. Right. But yeah. if people could understand, I mean, shit in college, you're still a, you're a kid, not even, you're not grown yet. You, you are a yeah. grown ass man physically, but you are still a kid. You're a grown ass man physically because you have to be, mm-hmm. but like, Everything else isn't like you're. You're still a kid. Mm-hmm. You're just bigger than other people. Those are two different things. 
being bigger, like I think about whether it's Khalif Mitchell who we who we brought in, or um, like I think about like like even like Jeb was Jeb was huge, but it took Jeb a while to get like where he what wanted needed to be. Like like we like this is. Yeah, I, like it, it takes Take Jonas time. C right. Jonas was like Jonas Quavo and six nine. Puff, I mean Puff. Huge, what about Puff? Yeah, huge human beings, and yeah. you know, it's just the mental side. Have you seen Jonas now? Oh hell yeah! I saw Jonas this year. Bro, for get the it right. Game. He was get it with, right. He was get it Dante. tight. I know, man. He looked. By the way, Dante. Wow. Oh my God! It's un unbelievable. First of all, for someone who did not want to work out ever, <laughs> I just say I don't. I don't. I don't feel bad about saying that, because you know what Dante did to me. Mm -mm. Dante made me drink all of his shakes. Mm. He and I were in the same hard gainers group, and so I had to drink my shake and his shake. <laughs> you had to go home and take laxatives every day, probably to take a duke. I didn't have to take laxatives. Those shakes were enough. <laughs> That's crazy. We're, we're looking at a ripped up dude. Dante is ripped as hell. And he used to slide two and a half pound weights into his girdle no, he to pretend like he gained weight. <laughs> oh, what? man. That's funny as hell. That's yeah. funny. But now he looks like damn Mr. Olympia. I know. I listen. I, mean, I, I can tell you this though. This is twenty rip three for me. I'm getting ripped this year. Are you? All right. Yeah. I want to see I'm, it. I'm, I'm going to get ripped. It. I'm getting. Ripped I wasn't this year. ripped. I wasn't ripped in college. I'll never be ripped. But I would at least like to not be a fat ass. So that's my goal this year is to you still drop about up? fifty or sixty. Hell yeah, Bo! I got this. I got my Hobie, my pedal kayak, and have I'm you, like, have you seen? Have you seen Hood Entertainment fishing? Uh -uh. Dog, it's on Instagram. It is so good. Hood fishing underscore entertainment, I think is what it is. It is, it's just this guy, black guy, who's doing the same thing you're doing. Mm. You guys got to link up. I'll, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it afterwards and, and find it and we'll link up for sure. But I got yeah. this pedal kayak. I'm like, sweet, this is going to be good exercise. I'll lose some weight. Yeah. I gained fucking 30 pounds after I got the kayak. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't, and I, and I fish like I did any other sport, a hundred miles an hour. Like I'm not, I'm not probably going to win the fishing tournament, but I am not going to get beat going down the lake peddling, even if they got a motor. Now, nobody around here has got ones that go six mile per hour yet, but I pedal my ass off, man. And I still damn game weight fat as hell, but I'm going to lose it this year. I got to, I got to, I got to be able to sit closer to my desk without my stomach keeping me away. So See, other, hey, I had another question after your story yeah. because I, I always knew you were good. The X's and O's and stuff, not everybody that's not everybody can do that. Not even coaches can do that well. Not all coaches. But what led you down to doing the broadcasting versus going into coaching? You came from a coaching family, you coached your teammates through college and high school. What did you ever think about going into coaching? Or did you always did, want to do the broadcast side? I did a little bit of coaching. I hate kids. <laughs> so. 
I feel you there. I like feel we you. we we talked about it a little bit a little bit with our own mm-hmm. kids, right? But like I just I don't I did a little coaching. I did some volunteer coaching and I was like they're not listening. And they don't they're not giving me the effort that I need. Yep. They don't care. I'm not doing this. Mm-hmm. This is a waste of my time and I'm not at the point the first especially when I was first started I'm not responsible enough to be in charge of somebody else's future. Yeah. Like I, you know what I love? Cause when I, when I leave here, you know what I'm going to go do? I'm going to go slam some beers. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I might try to hook up with your mom. <laughs> so this is, this is a bad spot for me to be in. This is not good. <laughs> this ain't happening. Oh yeah. See, hey, you got to be honest with yourself, though. You got to yeah. be honest with yourself. I know who I am. Were. I know who I am. And then I met my wife, and guess what? I'm still not going to coach because I don't like kids and I don't mm-hmm. want to be around them, and they don't listen. And I can't talk. Like, here's the thing. Here's the craziest thing. You don't talk to your kids the way that your parents talk to you. Do you? What what do you mean now? Because I grew up with parents who taught and a mama who was uh, yeah. you know, one of the greatest high school and volleyball coaches in South Carolina, and she right. was the Bob Knight of coaching in South Carolina. So I that's a great point. So you definitely <laughs> don't talk to your kids the way that 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 she talked to you. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'll tell you, I'm pretty tough. I'm, uh, and it goes back to why I won't coach is because. I expect a lot, and I, mm-hmm. I over-expect for my eight-year-old son. And I've okay. gotten better at not over-expecting for my daughter because I don't understand gymnastics enough. It's too okay. technical, and you got to see. But my son, I over-expect. Like, when we're throwing the football, made huge leaps and bounds. But then he'll get to wondering and start dropping passes, and I'm like, you drop another one, we're done. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> or, you so know, you're it's, – it's, Yeah. I, I can't. I, I'm, I'm tough. I I coach. You're tough. Or I talk to them how I I pretend they're me. Right? It's the it's that it's why I should not be coaching. It's why a majority yeah. of people should be coaches because you don't know how to coach. You just have, you trying to relive or whatever the hell it is. I don't That's know a how great to point. It. And see, I, I I guess the thing for me is I know I'm never gonna get that out of my kid. I'm never going to mm-hmm. get her to be where I was. Like I'm a, I was like, I, I didn't get to the shrine bowl. I was a shrine bowl alternate. And, but I was also like, I mean, I started, I, I started every game in high school from a freshman all the way through. Mm. And my kid, I don't think cares about any of that. <laughs> she's like, she's happy just hanging out. Yeah. And her mother is someone who was also kind of happy hanging out. Mm-hmm. My my wife is six one. Damn. I didn't know she was that tall. <laughs> yeah, my wife is six one. Shit. My kid's probably gonna end up being six four. I'm gonna be the shortest person in this house. <laughs> and I'm trying to not make her hate sports. 
Yeah, that's and that's why if he asked me to go practice something, I will. We will go practice. It. We will if go you, do it. If you I'm ask not, me, yes, I don't want to. I'm not it. going out there. That's right. I'm not saying you know. I'm not going out. So we're doing this and that. When he asked, I said, "What do you want to do?" That's what we're going to practice. And when we get out there after a game or practice, if there was something that he didn't do well, I said, "You could be good at." You could be good at this defense, for instance, in in yep. football. That's what he could have been good at. He's he, you know, yep. he can't catch. He couldn't throw. He's the smallest one on the field. Um, so I said, I've, man, you got to be the opposite. I've got the biggest yeah. one on the field. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's not. He's a shrimp right now. I hope he grows a little bit. But you know, he's got to deal with his mama, who's you know four eleven. But <laughs> he would be he. He could be good at defense. I was like, look, man, you're getting to the person, and then you're stopping and waiting Keep for them going. to run to you. And this this year, they they do a little sidestep, a little juke, and get around him, where last year they didn't. So we worked on that. And I, I like to, you know, tore my ACL and broke a hip and sprained an ankle and <laughs> trying to teach him. But, yeah, if he wants to do it, I'm not going to push him to do sports. Yeah. I was never pushed to do sports, but I also grew up on the gym and in the field uh, well, that's that's yeah. where I was, and you know I played every right. sport. But it's also your parents were like, "You go outside. You're out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go, mm-hmm. go get outside. Go do anything. Yep. Do anything, well, hey, but be around me." That's yeah, that's right. Go take your ass outside. Be back at dark, and yeah. don't go. You know, don't go. Don't go across <laughs> this road. Don't go across this road. This is Bingo. the two miles that you have. Oh my god! Back. I was I was I was driving my. I drove my wife to. Um, we went to my mom's house and I was like, so we weren't allowed to go across over here and across over here. And she goes, that's a huge area. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah. And that's just the whole deal. Like that's uh-huh. what we did. Yep. I was like, we used to, I, you should have seen my wife's face when I told her I rode a bike off a roof. <laughs> Are you a psycho? And I was like, yeah, pretty much. What else? We had nothing else to do. There was no TV. We weren't playing no games. We could yeah. not be inside the house. You had to take your ass somewhere else. Come home for lunch. That's, what it That's right. Yeah. Come home for lunch. Yeah. Come home. Get lunch. Get a grilled cheese. Get a bologna sandwich. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is. And then get back outside. Oh, you smell terrible. Take a shower. And then you're done for the day. And then you hang out in your Hanes tidy whities in your white t-shirt. <laughs> and watch Nick at night and then go to bed. Mm-hmm. I, you said that you you didn't start playing football until fifth grade because yeah. your parents didn't want you to. So yeah. funny story about me. I don't think I've told this on Bass and Brews either in all my stories, yeah. but I wasn't allowed to play football at all. I wasn't allowed to play any contact sports because on my left arm, I've got a bone tumor. Mm-hmm. And all it is is – for some reason, my arm decided to like start growing the third arm, mm-hmm. and it didn't. Anyway, it's just it's just a small little bone tumor still there. It's hard as a rock. Yeah. It's a bone, extra bone in my body. And the doctors told him that he's not allowed to play contact sports, so pretty much no football. Well, at uh, the high school is where they used to do all the signups and give out pads for pee wee football, and all the kids are out there. I'm out there riding my bike. I get over there mm-hmm. doing it, this and that. And, you know, out small town where I grew up. So everybody knew me. So you want to play football? I want to play football. I want to play football. And then I knew I, I couldn't, but they gave me the sign, the parent signature. Sign up shit. Whatever, the sign yeah, up whatever sheet, it yeah. was. The, <laughs> here, 
get your mama to sign this so if something happens, you know, we're not liable. Right. Anyway, I run up. <laughs> she's she's at volleyball practice. And again, my son is um, never ending. Like when he wants something, it is just, I mean, yeah. never ending until he gets it or, you know, you just have to walk away. But anyway, Dog I go to practice and I remember waving this damn thing, falling around. She's mad trying to coach. Anyway, she signs it. And so I start playing football in the fourth grade was never supposed to funny part of that too is i broke a bone in basketball i broke a bone in baseball i ain't never broke shit in football matter of fact i have never been seriously injured in football but i've been seriously well i was my senior year i only ended up playing like three games because i had a fucked up clavicle it didn't break but it might as well have i played did it in the so third game yeah. We're playing East Clarendon at East Clarendon. We're not very uh-huh. good this year. My football team, most people ever played on my football team in four years was 18 people. Good God. Yeah, I was a quarterback. See, see, that's that's remarkable because I never played offense in high school. Yeah, see, I played everything. The only time that I came out of the game was on kickoff return and field goals. And even I played, though I was I played I did play field goal. I played field goal, field goal rush. I played mm-hmm. punt, punt. Uh, punt, punt, rush. I played defense in that. That was it. I didn't mm-hmm. play. I never played offense. I was only in offense on in in five plays in high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And those five plays were they were like, hey man, these wide receivers are bitches. Um, can you come in and hurt this guy? Can <laughs> you alert. please come in Red and crack? Can you one. please come in and crack back? on this mm-hmm. guy so that we can have a big play. And I was like, yeah, sure. No problem. Yeah. There we go. Yep. Tell yeah. me who to hit coach. I got him. Ear hole. Okay. Yeah. Yes. And that's the oh. thing I loved about football. Oh yeah. That's I, I loved hitting people. I was, a, I was option quarterback. I mean, I could yeah. throw, but I was option quarterback. And when we ran, I didn't, there was no juking for me. If you were in front of me, I'm I was, coming. I wanted to fucking kill you. Mm-hmm. And you know, that, that was my mentality. Dude, but I ran funny over. thing was, I was the punter, but I can't kick. I couldn't kick. I never knew how to kick. We, the first year we played Hargrave, uh, who, Coach Powell's like, Robert, you going to yeah. kick? <laughs> Coach, I can't I don't know how, man. I don't know how to. So Coach they had Powell. Dan Orner trying to teach me how to learn how to kick. And Dan Orner. Man, yeah. yeah. We'll talk about him in a second. But the uh, what's funny is Warren Green – was the long snapper mm-hmm. for me when I punted and then he, he kicked, he did kickoffs and field goals that first game. That was the first game after nine 11. Yeah. We played Hargrave after nine 11 and that, and Dude, did that but. yeah. Can you just tell people like for people that don't know, like there's like another level, there's this weird level of college football where it's like, <laughs> it's like, um, It's like you play like junior colleges, but they're not technically junior colleges. What it's like Hargrave, yeah. Georgia the Military, military yeah. Institute. Um, what's the other one? Remember now. Oh, there's another one that starts with an F. Yeah, they were the they were the places where the kids didn't have the grades. To, to, yes. well, not all of them, but typically the really good. So you and just throwing out an example, UNC would recruit a kid 
that want to commit, but it have the grades to get we in. We signed so like five them. kids from Hargrave yeah. that year. The, my my freshman year was only mm -hmm. five kids from Hargrave. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they used to send those kids there to get their grades up, and then they still played football, and then they'd come in as a freshman, as like a nineteen or twenty year old. But, um, but yeah, that was it. That was a, a a good ass time. I forgot where the hell I was going with the story. But the point of the story was I wasn't supposed to play football either, and then here I am. Yeah, look playing at that. football, doing a good doing doing the fun shit. I tell you what, like you talked about grades, I didn't give a shit about grades. I hated fucking school. I wouldn't yeah. go back to college or high school for. A million dollars. I wouldn't go back now. If you said to go back to college for football, I I wouldn't think twice about it. But the school part, though, after my freshman year, I was on academic probation every year <laughs> until I was done taking classes full time. My sophomore year, I go uh, to whoever the hell it was in the Cynthia. Uh, might have been Cynthia, or somebody else. I don't know. I said, "What do I need to graduate?" Well, first question. What do I need to stay eligible? You need yep. this, this, and this. So every year I would go take summer school classes and come back and get eligible. And then I was, at one point I said, what do I need to graduate? When I gra What's the lowest GPA? 2.0. Great. I gave him 2.05. There you go. I, um, I got to college as a sophomore. Mm. Yeah. See, I went to a school with so uh, I, 500 people, 7 through 12. Yeah, they exactly. want no college credit classes coming in. Exactly. Today. Yeah, I I got to college as a sophomore because my parents again were teachers, and I took all AP classes, mm -hmm. and I got I scored high on my AP test, and mm -hmm. got to school as a sophomore, and then I fucked off pretty hard. <laughs> <laughs> I came in as a probably you know as a freshman, and I still fucked off really hard. Hey, Greg Woofter came in, and oh boy, was able to graduate. Like, you had to take so many semesters before they would legally let you, or I say legally, before the university let you graduate. Sure. And Wolfter, like, had to just keep taking classes to play football, but yeah. he was done. He could have graduated, but he, he yeah, didn't him have and, to. Um, David Morazzo. Um, mm hmm Morazzo was in grad school when I got there. Yeah, it's crazy, some of the opportunities. And, again, it goes back to the history of the folks that are on that field playing. You have no idea how those kids grew up yep. usually. I mean, the majority yeah. of people don't. And that's so. the thing. There's, you, and I'll say this. I think the biggest – and I guess we're, as we wrap up, I, I think the biggest thing for me – and I, I got two things, but the the amalgamation of – people that i got to know because oh, i was yeah. in that locker room mm -hmm. the amount of dicks i've seen the amount of <laughs> you know what i'm saying but you know I'm saying, but like, like the wrestling like 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 the reality of it is is like i'm naked with a guy who's from scotland county or a guy that's from henry county or a guy that's from whatever I, we're we're naked together every day mm -hmm. you figure it out and you guys are you know union county a guy that's from Emory County, like you guys are together every day. And I think the biggest thing for me, and I'll never forget, this is my biggest moment. Um, this is the, the part that I think it really, this is the thing that I think was the most life-changing thing. I think that the football stuff was great. Gerald Sensiball transferring in and me mm -hmm. learning from him was amazing. I think that's why I can do the job I do today. But I think the most important thing, the biggest thing that happened for me was 
realizing that the way that I grew up was so completely different from so many people. Mm-hmm. And I was, a I, I come in from a place of privilege and I, I want to always acknowledge that because I think so many people have a hard time acknowledging that they come from a place of privilege. And the biggest thing for me is we were in a, the first defensive back meeting in training camp in 2003. And we went around and went through all of our, how did you get here? Whatever, whatever, which we kind of did. But um, Coach Fleming goes, Coach Flem goes, all right, let's go through how you got here. And we go through and, you know, OC goes through his and Kareem goes through his because Kareem had a rough path to get to mm-hmm. where he was. Because Kareem went to, did he go to Oak Hill, I think, maybe? And then OC was from Eastern North Carolina. And, you know, we're getting there. And then it's me. And I go, oh, I um, I was always going to go to UNC. Um, I just, I they asked, Coach Brewer asked me to play football. And Flynn said, yeah, we want him. And then Michael Waddell, Rabbit, Rabbit goes, mm-hmm. what do you mean? And Rab goes, what'd you get on the SAT? He said, 1480. He goes, 1480? God damn! <laughs> and I was like, what? And he goes, I was trying to get a 700. And it was just like a completely different world, so disparate. And then I was talking to Sed Holt, and Sed Holt was like, honestly, if I didn't play football, I probably would have never left Anson County. Mm-hmm. And that, like, you, that, that crystallizes like, yo, football is giving people a chance to do something more. Like, <laughs> even if it's Rab moving just to Tennessee to play for the Titans, mm-hmm. or said moving to DC to play for what are now the commanders. Like, he would have never left the county that he lived in mm-hmm. if he didn't go to UNC to play football and then move from there. And he got a, a degree and he got to do that. Same thing with Jacoby Watkins with, and I'm obviously I know more about those guys because we were all in the same room together, but that was the part for me that I was like, Oh, this isn't just about sports. This is like mm-hmm. guys getting a chance to do a thing they never would have got to do without this game. Mm-hmm. And that's the part that, to me, that's the reason I love the sport. That's the reason I'm I'm way more dialed into college than I am into the NFL, because I know that these guys exist everywhere. There's a lot of, even in 2023, there's a lot of first-generation college guys. And again, mm-hmm. speaking of privilege, my mom and dad went to ECU. My grandma and grandpa both went to college as well. They went to both of them. They went to Fort Valley State. My grandma went to uh, Missouri State. But like, literally, like my, I'm a, I'm a. It's really hard for like a black person to say this, but like, I'm a third generation college guy. <laughs> There's not a lot of white people that are that, and I'm a third generation college guy. So. Mm-hmm. That was that's the biggest my biggest takeaway, man. I hope that I hope that takes us out of here. Yeah, it does. And that's the again, it goes back to the what the fans don't understand is it is there's life changes that these kids are making. It's not always going to the NFL and making millions. 
yep. it's being the first one to ever go to college, more or less graduate. Right. And uh, it's a family, 120 people on a football team in college. Yes, it is. There's a lot of walks of life. and You get you get the smorgasbord of people and you make some good friends on that. Well, look, man, I appreciate you coming on. This is a good time reliving some old times and getting <laughs> caught up. Get down in Charlotte. We're going to have to get together at some point. Yes, sir. Not too far away. If you ever come back to a Carolina game, I think the last one you came to was when Georgia Tech beat us like 85 to 70. Yeah, that was bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's been a while ago. That was probably like you know, that 2012. Was the, that would have been the Bush Davis years. But That's 2012. Yeah, it's also the same. It's this. It's 2012 because it's also the same um, day that Johnny Manziel beat um, Alabama. Mm. That's wild. <laughs> Well, man, I appreciate you. Tell tell folks where they can find you on the social medias and your website and uh, what you have going on on that side. Uh, make sure you check out itsfelder.substack.com. Um, we do two things for premium, one thing for, for free every week, and it's Felder on Instagram and then obviously in the bleachers on Twitter. There we go. Y'all check it out. It's a good time. You're going to – oh, tell about the podcast. Oh yeah! Oh God! Yeah, I always forget about that. <laughs> we got to because you we got to get you on too. Right, man. I we, talk. Look, I can talk football, gardening, and shit too. Now I'm all down yeah. for it. You better watch out, man, because we we love to talk some gardening. Um, uh, hit D Pod, hand in the dirt. It's a gardening podcast about football, so check it out. Um, you can find it on anywhere you find podcasts. But yeah, hand in the dirt. We we have a good time. It's me, Stephen Hartzell, and uh, Michael Serber. We have we have fun, man. It's just it's yeah. fun. We recorded one today, and it and truly, we we had a. There's a. It'll come out next week, but there is a long talk about a chicken massacre. <laughs> My buddy lost three chickens. Oh shit! Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah, I have to yeah. listen to that because I love some chickens now, but there's something you know, they hard to keep alive sometimes depending on where you live. But look, thanks again for coming on. We didn't get to talk about the food, but check out we'll talk um, food. Yeah, we'll y'all y'all check it out because you're gonna get a healthy dose of X and uh, X's and O's on football and then some badass recipes and delicious yes. food that you can cook along with it. It's nothing like you're gonna find on the internet with food and football unless you fi- follow old Felder there. All right, buddy. I appreciate it. Thank you for coming on. We'll holler at you. And until next time, we'll see y'all.